a Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com. And when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. episode of the Steve Mathis show there is a high chanceability you will either learn something a lot of people don't know be left thinking or make you say to yourself dude that's so funny the bottom line is this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview welcome to the racer x podcast show brought to you by btosports.com hosted by Steve Mathis Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. Yet even more Motocross the Nations podcasts by myself. Uh, just getting back from France. And uh, also another guy who just got back from France, RacerX's own, Davey Coombs. Uh, DC, what's up? Just uh, getting used to the time change and uh, the jet lag. And, yeah. man, you know, uh, it's a long trip coming back, but uh, I'm glad to be back. It, it was a lot of fun, but... Uh, all things considered, I'd rather be right here in Morgantown, West Virginia. <laughs> yes, we definitely know that. I know I was yesterday, 6 o'clock at night. I was struggling, struggling to yeah, stay away. Well, I got three hours uh, difference on it, and uh, I've, I've learned traveling back and forth across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, some pretty good tricks on how to, to beat the jet lag, including uh, staying awake the moment you land in Europe and not going to sleep the moment you land in America. Yeah, yeah, good, good trick. I didn't follow that one on the way out. I should have. Um, uh, motocross the nations, man. Uh, um, it didn't look good there. It didn't look good. Uh, but in the end, I think that was quite a clutch ride, uh, by Ryan Villapoto and Ryan Dungey, uh, uh, to come through, um, when they needed it most. But, uh, I'll be honest. I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. Well, I think a lot of people felt like that, especially after, uh, we turned around in the team USA box and saw Blake Baggett literally dragging his bike <laughs> under a wooden fence, trying to, get back onto the racetrack in, in the second moto, which was uh, him and Villapoto. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought at that moment that, uh, you know, I didn't think all hope was lost, but I certainly thought our backs would be up against it. But, you know, it's been like that many, many times before. Right. Right. And uh, sometimes our guys find a way to win. Sometimes the other guys find a way to lose. And sometimes it just all happens at once. And I think in this case, um, Purcell had some rotten luck. Uh, and Villapoto and Dungey did exactly what they went to Europe to do, which is to kick ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, you know they, they were, the starts weren't there for any of the guys. They gave Baggett the number the inside gate pick both motos. He struggled getting out of the gate, and therefore once the rains came, I think the track got really tricky, really slippery. And uh, um, from there, it, you know RV getting his start from the outside that was that was key. 
Well, you know, it's funny because when, when, when things looked bleak, like you said, between the second and third moto, I actually had a conversation with Brock Glover. And Brock's been around the uh, motocross and trophy designations many, many times, uh, including winning a few times right. in the uh, early 80s. And uh, he second-guessed the decision, especially with the rain coming, mm-hmm. to put Baggett on the inside. He said, you know, you get a moto win, you don't put your best mud rider, your worst mud rider, on the inside, mm-hmm. you, you put a guy in there that's going to win, and then you build from that. And, you know, in, in hindsight, it, it, it seems like a great idea, what he said. But then again, um, you know, I think if Blake, Blake Baggett doesn't fall in either moto, mm-hmm. he's definitely top five and maybe even right up there with Rocks. And although I got to say that, that uh, Ken was uh, definitely unbelievably fast and, and confident. But then again, it's a team race. Right. And, you know, he, he knew that his guys had no chance, so he had nothing to lose, just like Evgeny Bobrashev and uh, Jeffrey Hurlings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hurlings was impressive for sure. Uh, yeah, I spoke to Josh Coppins, who, who you and I both know. You know, besides being a world class racer, he's also you know he's a serious fan of the sport. And uh, he said, "Yeah, you, you want to, you don't want to put your guy on the inside. You want to, you want to uh, put your best foot forward with your fastest guy." Australia did that. France did that in one moto, I believe. And, uh, you know, he was wondering about it, too. But in the end, um, it didn't matter. When Purcell got by Dungey, uh, uh, I was standing on the hillside, and, and, man, I couldn't even hear myself talk to my wife next to me. It was crazy. The French were very happy. <laughs> yeah, they, they, absolutely. But, you know, it's funny. It's like Purcell and especially Caroli are kind of snaked in that race. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I know that, uh, you know, poor Tony has had uh, a really tough month. And uh, I'm sure the last thing on his mind was, uh, you know, going out there and, and you know, uh, uh, acquitting himself well against the Americans. You know, he lost his mom. He didn't race the last GP. There's no way he was prepared for that. But what happened was just bum luck. I mean, you know, going down, getting his handlebars ripped off on the start, um, you know, crashing the second or his final moto. And then Porcel, you know, I, he took a – he took a rock to the lens yeah. and broke his lens. That does not seem weird to me in any way, shape, or form, because I was there 11 years ago when Fred Bollet had took a rock right in the nose. Right. Same track, same, track, same yeah. section of the track, and, and it broke his nose and literally knocked him out of the race. Um, but then to have a, a moose tube just you know explode on you, or, or not explode, but yeah. to, to come undone for, for whatever mechanical reason, um, Porcel definitely had a lot to prove, and uh, I feel bad that he didn't get a chance to. I, I know it's it's you know kind of sport in America to make fun of Christoph or to mm-hmm. sort of slag off on him, but he, he's wildly talented, and uh, I think that you know as we've seen many times in the past, things get lost in translation. But it's you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's hard to um, it's hard to sort through uh, things like that for. For a rider as wildly talented as that, but it's hard to read. It's you know, I know there's a lot of teams looking at next year, thinking, should we take a chance? Yeah. But it'd be like taking a chance on Jason Lawrence right now. You really just don't know what in the heck you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in a little underrated move that nobody really talked about, when when RV fell in the third moto on that after those double jumps on the inside, uh, uh, Dungey was behind him. Now I I believe this was an AMA national, Dungey's quickly going to the outside and trying to get around RV. To me, he, like, stopped. Purcell was behind him. Purcell had to stop and sort of waited for RV to pick his bike up. 
to get going. And I'm not sure if it's an AMA National if Dungy does that. Great move by him, though. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? Did you see that? I, I, know exactly, I know exactly what you mean. But, you know, it, 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 Steve, think about Ernay in 2005. Do you think that Ricky Carmichael is going to get the whole shot but then go pin Mikel Pichon against the fence and the, the, let Wyndham come through on the inside like he did? Or, or, or mm-hmm. in Majoria in 86 whenever, um, you know, Bailey ran wide and opened the inside for RJ? Um, it's a team race, right. and and you know we can go back to you know, what Brock thought, what you thought, what Josh Coppins thought, what I thought. At the end of the day, all of that doesn't mean half of what Roger DeCoster says, because he's the man, rightfully so. He has a great idea, great instincts for the race. He 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 almost has a crystal ball when it comes to the destinations. And even though we had all said put 450 inside. Uh, Roger stuck to you know, his philosophy, uh, and once again, you know, we won. Right. If uh, if we put if we put uh, Dungey on the inside in the first moto, he goes down with Caroli. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah. there's so many variables that you have to look at, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's a team race, and, and we have the best team manager in the history of the sport, and. Uh, I, I'm 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 awful glad that he punches the clock here in America, not Belgium. Yeah, I uh, I like that move by Dunsey. I thought it was cool. Um, Blake Baggett. Now, obviously, uh, you know, two years from now, uh, it's going to go down as a USA victory. Uh, USA won. Great job. If if USA loses, uh, does Blake get the goat horns for his ride? I mean, he rode good. He came from the back, but let's face it, he did sort of seem uh, you know overwhelmed by it, or, or maybe didn't didn't ride like we all saw he could in the summer. Yeah. Well, let me let me let me ask you this question. Yeah, who who was the goat? In in this sense of the word, goat. Yeah. In nineteen ninety in nineteen ninety four, when Team USA lost. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's 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 the point. Yeah. It, it was it was not Emig. Emig yeah. went two two. Right. It wasn't Larocco. Larocco won the last moto. It was the the ever steady Mike Kudrowski who just didn't have a good day on that super super hard packed pack. Right. But history tends to forget about those things. And, and had we lost, yeah, there'd have been a rant and raving on the internet and mm-hmm. everyone would have been up in arms, but uh, we didn't. Right. And uh, Ricky Carmichael absolutely did horrible uh, his first two years in the designations compared to what he would do from there on out. Yeah. You know, when he went to Fox Hills in the mud, went to India Tabu in, in Brazil or Belo Horizonte or wherever it was, he, uh, he had some bad moments. He had some bad luck. He had some. He made some freshman mistakes, and then he made some sophomore mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baggett, I think, did the best he could, and 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 you know, and, and I'm the first guy that says Saturday doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah, you know, I, I it, agree. It really right. doesn't. But I think that that was a better reflection of who Blake Baggett is. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, for what's worth, anyone that, that that you know wants to beat on a little bit, he was pretty down afterwards, and his parents were down, and I said, hey. You know, experience is, you know, destiny is what you want, but experience is what you get. Yeah. And you just got a lot of experience, and it didn't cost you anything. And, uh, you know, had he not drugged that bike under the fence, I, I don't know if you saw that. I don't even know if it was on TV. Yeah, I didn't see it. But, I didn't I mean, see it. His me dad and, told me, me about and, it. But. Me and Brock Glover and uh, uh, Georgia from uh, the TV show was up there in the box at that moment, and, and, uh, and uh, Kristen, the soon-to-be Mrs. Villapoto, uh, we were watching, and it was just like, oh, my God, he, he stuck under the fence. And the only way, it was a tunnel jump. Right. And he went off the side, and the only way 
was to literally drop the bike off the tunnel into where the people were walking back and forth. So he had to get the back wheel and sort of drag it under and then down the side. And, and he rode through the mechanics there because they have that, that, that mesh fence, which you'll never see in the States because mm-hmm. uh, I've seen too many guys get tangled up in it and that, that's it. You just yeah, stop. They, uh, he, he avoided the mesh fence and got back in the race. But, you know, it's, it's things like that that, you know, that, that 17th place at that moment, you know, didn't seem like anything. But, but you know, had it been, you know, worse, had yeah. it been, you know, in either moto, uh, you know, well, it changes everything. He was, maybe, 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 maybe the French you know, get the right breaks. No, he was outside the 25, outside 25th, both motos. Um, he was, you know, he so. was 36 at that point right. when he went through the fence. Yeah, so. And, uh, and that's pretty bad when you've got guys out there from Kuwait and China <laughs> yeah. and, oh, yeah. and Canada. Oh, uh, oh wait. Oh, no, oh, thanks. Um, yeah, and you, got, and you got me in trouble on Twitter, by the way, from that. You swore on Twitter, and then Brian sent me an email and said, don't swear on Twitter, and I said, it was DC, I swear. What did I say? <laughs> you said the word shit on Twitter, uh, and somebody uh, wrote an email, yeah. and then Brian thought it was me, because it was obviously about Canada. <laughs> oh, I was trying to say, oh, shut up. Yeah. Um, uh, but, hey, for Baggett, first time ever in Europe. Never been there before, and I, and I guess, why would he? He's only, you know, whatever, 18 years old or something, but... Uh, Probably the whole thing was a little overwhelming. It's got to be a big thing to be a second-year pro, never been to Europe, and now you're in France riding for Motocross of Nations. Hey, I, I can remember when Roxon came to the Red Lens, the whole system just kind of overwhelmed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Porcel came, and these were you know, 14, 15-year-old kids, uh, now imagine that times 100 because you're going to the destinations and you have all, this, all these people there, all this money invested, everyone waiting for you to lose. And, you know, you, you, you're setting foot on the other side of the world for the first time. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, this, France is not exactly a third world country, but there is a bit of culture shock when you get there. Um, the only thing that was probably familiar to him was the traffic. Yeah. Because, you know, it's cooler, it's, everything's old, and it, it's a beautiful green country. Yeah. And then you get to that track, and, and I'm sorry, they just, they just have a different soil there, a different philosophy of how to prepare the tracks. And... It's just downright complicated. Anyone who looks at that track and thought it was easy, uh, yeah, you had to be there. I mean, you, yeah. you know, Steve, you're walking around and, and, and you go from sneakers to giant boots to cement shoes because the mud sticks to you everywhere. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're out there trying to ride and you're a kid from California and you're thinking, man, if I go two feet over there, I'm not getting off. You know, yeah. I'm, 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 it's going to slow me down for laps. And, um, I think he held it together as best as could be expected. Uh, you know, I think both both Ryan's, both of the Ryan's kept saying, "Just just don't go down, just don't go down." But you know, he he's he's made a a a, a sort of a name for himself, being an incredibly hard charger, no holds barred, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it caught up to him this time. But you know, nonetheless, we were able to mitigate the damage, and you know, I yeah. think he learned a lot of lessons. Let's talk about this track. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know how much you can say as Davey Coombs, MX Sports guy, but I thought it was terrible. I thought, I mean, it's a minute and a half. We're at the motocross the nations. There's rocks everywhere. It, it I mean, I, I didn't, it's one lined. I did not think that was a good track. Well, I, I, I mean, what you do know, you, I don't want to slag off on it. Yeah. The, the track was longer in 2000. Right. Uh, it was a lot longer, and um, it was different. But you know. I, I think it's it, it was it was a very competitive track. The right guys won. Uh, 
and uh, I didn't see anyone really get hurt. So mm-hmm. um, I think that that means it was a successful track, yes, you know, and, and, and as I would you know, point out, it was surrounded by an awful lot of people. Right, uh, right, which which made it a, a, an awful interesting race. But uh, again, they have different equipment over there. They have a different philosophy on how they do the tracks. And uh, you know, I I I I saw you know a promoter struggling with the elements. And and all things considered, it could have been a mud pit. It could have been Fox Hills ninety nine or, or ninety eight. I should say. Yeah. And um, all things considered, I I thought they they did a pretty good job. I I would have done it differently, and mm-hmm. it might have gotten me in trouble. Because uh, I probably would have disked it up more, but then I went over and looked, and you really can't disk it up more. Once right. you got down below those three or four inches of topsoil, you were on the terra firma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, and it was slippery when it started raining, and the hills were steep. See, I knew you'd look at it a different way because you deal well, with well, yeah, and... but, but you know, in, in, in talking about how steep the hills are, you know, Roxon had a great effort, great great ride, but man, when it started raining like that. Dungey immediately changed the way he was riding. Yeah, and 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 Ken, you know, who probably has more experience on that kind of track already than Dungey has, given how you know plush and deep and loamy our tracks are compared to, to over there. Uh, you know, it did not shock me one bit that that Roxon got second that first motor. I was more surprised, to be honest with you, that Chad Reed won. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the old Chad Reed, the one, the, the pre-Spring Creek Chad. Chad Reed, and um, and he doesn't have a lot of experience on tracks like that either. So that was that was to me maybe the with the exception of the last moto and the Americans that that was probably the biggest surprise. Yeah, I don't think it was a coincidence that once the track dried out and, and for moto three, uh, the Americans were much better. Uh, they're definitely not a surprise and, there. Yeah, and 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 give them give them credit. Their backs were against the wall. Yeah, it, it, was, it was it was it was business time. Yeah, and uh, you know you you. you if you think back to some of the the little you know back and forth, like who was going to wear the number one, who was going to wear the number three, right. would have meant to Cowie, you know things that kind of went back and forth. Again, you can't second guess the Coster. Whatever his reasoning was, it worked perfectly. Yeah. And and uh, you know obviously we were, you know I, I don't think anyone expected Dungey and Villapoto to get thirds in their first motos. But at the end of the day, I think you knew they were going to get first and second in that last one. Well, that's what, like, after the race, I was talking to RV for a while, even when I turned the tape recorder off. And I'm like, I'm like, man, what what were you thinking? And he's just like, Fish told me I, we had to go one, two. And I'm like, yeah. You know, you hadn't been getting starts, and it wasn't working out, and it, the rain was there. Fish told me we had to get one and two. But, you know, the other guys were hauling ass. Paul Lynn, yeah, Fish told me we had to get one and two. Like, he just – it didn't really seem to matter. He didn't really care. He just th- – those two knew that they had to go one and two for the America to win. There wasn't a lot of thinking there. It was, we have to go for a second. See you later. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and, and uh, that's – you know, I think that we're lucky and, and spoiled that we've won this thing, you know, 22 times out of the – 26 times we've raced it or whatever, yeah. <clears throat> whatever it is since 1981. And, um, you know, it, the pressure, it, it's kind of neat. I remember this in the late eighties when the pressure started to build and I was in a completely different, you know, uh, standpoint of, you know, as a fan and, and uh-huh. enthusiast and to see us up to seven now, again, I, I, I really didn't imagine it would be like that, 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 that there would be, a legitimate chance to, to get that record. I thought that was the most unachievable record in, in motocross, 13 mm-hmm. designations in a row. And now I'm thinking, 
wow, okay, uh, Dungey and Villapoto are both young. Right. Uh, and, and, and I'm sorry, I, I, I don't get the, uh, we're going to get our comeuppance in the sand at Lomo. Right. Um, there, there's a lot of sand in America. We just don't have sand tracks at the Nationals other than Southwick. I imagine our guys will be prepared yeah. uh, and, and, and ready to do what they have to do. You know, I, I know it's a lot sandier than Southwick, but um, it, given a year to prepare, mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see how it turns out. But I just think that you know we have such a deep talent pool and an unfair advantage because the United States of America is so big right. that uh, we, we, could, we could run this for a little while. Yeah. We could lose next year, and I'd be perfectly happy, and we could win six more, and I'd be not surprised at well, this point. Well, as a member of the last Team, team USA to lose, myself, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, I love that in the interview with Villapoto. Yeah. He, he called you out. Oh, I know, dude. Trust me. I heard it all weekend. I heard that and where's Canada? And and I'm just like, yeah. oh, God. Um, uh, yeah, Dana Wiggins is like, Mathis, get away from here. Last time you were, yeah. we, you know, we lost. And I'm just like, whatever. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOsports.com. Now, uh, you know, and without, uh, without beating the drum too much uh a lot of ama based riders um are are doing pretty well at these races uh you know i was counting it at one point and it was six out of seven i think at some point you know and which is good i mean you know it shows that all the world's best riders want to come to america and it's good to see i mean for our series let's face it you and i are there every week with these guys well you know i i've said this before our guys have the advantage of the fact that they don't race together 15 times they race together 29 times. Yeah. They race a full slate of Supercross, which is really the thing that makes American motocrossers uh, slightly better, slightly more aggressive, slightly more versatile, I think, than the rest of the world uh, when you add it all up. And then you have, uh, you know, the, 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 it's just a, a very competitive time mm-hmm. in American motocross right now. And when you look at the podium, the only guy on there that's not spent a lot of time in America on one, two, and three uh, was Gautier Pollen. Mm-hmm. And I know that he's itching to get over here. Right. You know, but our guys go without saying. Muskin's here. Porcel just left. Uh, Reedy and Meddy, and then you know Matt Moss has just been going back and forth. Yep. Uh, it, it's. Um, I think it's a testament to not only the, the, the AMA motocross series, but certainly AMA supercross. And, and the, just the whole system we have here with uh, the amateurs coming up, you know, I, you see, you know, more and more, uh, uh, you know, we have Adam Cincerillo on the cover of the, the new Racer X. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a, a 30th birthday gift to Kawasaki Team Green as much as a salute to, you know, that kid's minicycle career. But, um, you know, I don't think you get that in other countries quite the way you do here. And I don't think that they have the support and the deep, deep roots that we have uh, going down through American motocross. Yeah, it, uh, it it showed, I think. And, uh, you know, if anybody thinks about Lomo 2012, the strong rumors indicate James Stewart's going to be in next summer. 
you put uh, RV on a 250F and you write, put Stu and Dunge on a 450. And are you telling me that sand really matters? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I almost think that you could put you could put Stuart on a 250. You put Stuart on a 252 stroke. Right, right. And, and I mean, that guy in the sand. And you know what's funny is I saw Joel Smets. Mm-hmm. And I still remember when Smets came over. I, you know, and, and I love Smets. He's yeah. such a neat guy and a right. classy rider and uh, very uh, uh, very much a student of sport. And he came over to South Lake. And he got lapped by Carmichael, and he was like, "Oh my God!" You know, yeah, yeah. And, and and this is a guy that was, you know, one of the best sand riders in the world. Uh, I'm not saying that any of our guys right now have that Carmichael level uh, intensity. And Joel was on a big, big, you know, early four yeah, stroke. Right. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, our guys, you know, are more versatile than I think that people in Europe know right now. And but we have to go prove it next year. You know, we're we're four and zero in France since '81, um, but we we've lost in Belgium before. But that was Nimes and Zolder, right. and those were not even close to sand tracks. Uh, when the only time we went to Lomo, we won. Yeah, I think people forget that, and those are some Southern California kids that won. <laughs> but but yeah, but one thing at that time there was some things going on with the the Belgian Federation. And the best of the Belgian riders that year uh, were not on the team, if you remember. I don't think Gabors rode that year. I don't think that George Jobe rode. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I'm not sure, but I remember Harry Everts rode, but he was sort of, you know, kind of a 125 rider at the time. And, mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there's, there's, there's excuses and, and reasons and all kinds of things we could bench race over all day. But at the end of the day, uh, I would take whatever three American guys DeCoster settles on next year. And, and you're right, Stewart is a strong possibility. You know, the Ryans are a strong possibility. Uh, you know, Barsha can ride the sand yes. very, very well. And by the way, I just got a text while I was talking to you that Barsha has hired Jeff Stanton to work with him. Oh, well, that's, uh, we did a podcast with Stanton maybe a month ago, and uh, we talked extensively about that. So, uh, good for so, that. So, we yeah. did hire him? Yeah. Well, no, th- at that time, they hadn't worked it out. So, oh, okay. Well, I, someone just told me they hired him. Uh, that'll be good. Um, and, you know, RV, Jeff Ward's record, 7-0, and Motocross Nations. Doesn't get much better. Um, RV's 4-0 and right now. And I could see him doing another three years. So maybe he'll creep up on Wardy's seven and zero record for for Team America. It's pretty pretty well, pretty we, incredible. We we've, we've been lucky for a long time, and and we've had to overcome some things. Uh, they they've changed formats so many times. Yes, yeah. Uh, and, and which is fine. They're just trying to find a competitive race, and the one thing they can't change is the, the, the borders and the size and the commitment of the United States uh, for that race. But. Uh, the thing that I didn't like, though, is the fact that they put it right up against the Nationals yeah, this year. Yeah. I, I have no idea why the, the French Federation decided to do that, because it's not like it was on TV in America or anything. You know, it, was, it, was, it was placed at a point where it was pretty stressful on, on our riders, our right. team, the equipment. You know, and, and as uh, I mentioned on DMXS, the bikes those guys rode were not the bikes they rode at Pala. Yeah. Uh, they they had to do a whole new bike and imagine you're trying to win a championship last week, you know Ryan Villapoto, Ryan Dungey battling back and forth, and then all of a sudden you know you're trying to shake down a bike you're going to ride on the other side of the world, mm-hmm. you know seven days seven days later, yeah. and uh, it was a, it was a stressful time for sure. But 
next year there's there's two weeks in between if I understand the schedule correctly and and I think that's a a chance to get some good sand riding in and I imagine Roger Coster knows some places to ride in Belgium. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, you know, in the case of Cowie, that's two two bikes they sent over. PC did one. I don't know about Suzuki, but Cowie had to build two bikes. Mike Williamson, uh, who wasn't there, but two complete race bikes plus the Paulo one, you know, in the middle of the season. You're right. It is stressful. So there is going to be two weeks, you think? That's, that's much better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also think that, that uh, everyone can talk about Belgium. Uh, got some fast guys, unless Everts comes back. I don't see them being <laughs> as blindingly fast as people may think. And I know, I know Tony Caroli has learned how to ride the sand He's and fill apart yeah. maybe back. But the window is closing on the Australians. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, you know, Reedy and Maddie are getting a little older. Those guys are one good rider away from being the favorite almost mm-hmm. at, uh, at uh, Lomel. Yeah. They, they, they can ride the sand. They're very committed. And I think that, that, that they've got a, a true leader in Chad Reed. And um, he showed that this weekend. And now that they've got a taste of the podium, they've got half the monkey off their back, yeah. or or half half the kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and uh, so I, I would be more wary of them right now, just based on the fact that it is a team race. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest and, and South Africa is the other dark horse of South Africa. Tyla and Gareth can ride really well in the sand, as we saw at Southwick. Uh, they're a, they're a third guy away from uh, being tough to beat too. What's Alby doing? What's Langston doing? <laughs> Suit up. <laughs> um, biggest surprise for you, rider wise. Uh, somebody you didn't hear, of, not somebody you maybe you didn't hear of, because I'm sure you've heard of everybody, but somebody that uh, really impressed you. I, I thought Barbashev uh, yeah. rode really hard for as long as he could, right. and then I I think that like you had mentioned earlier, Hurlings was really looked good on the 450. I know Rattray and Tommy Searle look really good on the 450, but I'm going to give it to Gautier Pollen. Right, uh, I agree. He had just a solid moto. It was a, it was a special moment, I think, for the French and certainly for him. And uh, he, he's a super nice kid. And uh, I said congratulations to him after the race. He came into the Thor thing, mm-hmm. and he had no idea who I was. He was just smiling. Oh, really? hey, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. But then again. By this point, I had also been around Evgeny Bobrashev, who who uh, who, <laughs> was who the won the after yeah, he party. Was, he <laughs> was the star of the after party. Somebody got a hat that I think had a hammer and sickle on it, and I was like, "Did you really take that from a guard, Bobby?" Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it it, uh, it it was pretty funny. But these this kids over there are pretty neat kids. I mean, I like I said, I felt bad for Caroli because he always has bad luck at that race, and he's had some you know right. some terrible family tragedy. But it's it's really cool when the race is over, when everyone gets together, and all the riders, you know, you know, get together in the Alpen Stars thing and, mm-hmm. and kind of blow off some steam and and enjoy themselves and to see you know Bobrashev uh, walk ahead and uh, Metcalf was standing there with Sheena, his wife, yeah. and he goes, "Is, is this Chad Reed?" You know, and, yeah. and Maddie looked kind of like, uh, "Yeah,", yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was he. You know, they, they were starstruck and 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 uh, loving it as much as anyone. So, yeah, all, all those people, all those people I named, I, I was really impressed by. Yeah, Jimmy Albertson said his teammate on Puerto Rico was uh, running around in his gear with a number plate, trying to get riders to sign it before the race. While they're <laughs> while they're in while they're in staging, he's getting a number plate signed. Uh, Team Puerto Rico's third guy. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, like uh, you said. That's that's awesome. I, I know Jimmy's writing a story for Racer X about oh, his uh, experiences oh, cool. on yeah. Team Puerto Rico. So yeah. 
uh, I'm you curious know, to see how that turned out for those guys. You know, one thing, uh, and I found it when, when I went to Zolder, I'll never forget it being a member of Team USA, and I see it now. They're rock stars. They are, when you're in the pits in the USA pits, and they were pitted separately this year, and they're sometimes together. This year they were separately, but um, they are rock stars, man. The fans really, really want to see these guys. Uh, uh, and, I, and like I said, when I was a member of the Team USA, it felt like we were like a, bo- a, a Backstreet Boys or something. There's so many photographers and fans. It's nuts, huh? You is one of the Backstreet Boys. I'm really? telling you. Well, I, I, just because I was next to the riders, but it was insane. <laughs> I mean, it was a wall of flashes. I, you know? I, well, I remember in in, uh, in France in '05 when it was Wyndham and RC and uh, Tedesco. They had a an impromptu autograph signing that almost got ugly and, and oh, yeah. kind of got a little frightening. I think because that's you know right at the time when you're reading about soccer riots and people fences falling in because too many crowds push up and you know and, and ever since then Team USA has kind of taken security a little more seriously. And 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 I'm sorry, people may think that they're acting too big for their britches or whatever. It's 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 different for them. You know, you can see Muskin and Palin and and Kenny and Caroli and them yeah. all the time over there on the continent, and the fans are kind of used to it. And there, there's a different sort of thing. But with the Americans, you know, first of all, you're wearing the red, white, and blue, and you know, traveling overseas has been different in the last ten years. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a little edgy and and. You know, I remember we almost had to tranquilize Wyndham to get him on the plane in 2005. You know, it, it's it's some mm-hmm. people. It, it's it's very nerve wracking, and and you know, whenever the crowd sees these guys that they've only seen on TV, that they've only heard about, yeah, they 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 want to be close. They want to watch every move, and 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 you know, that's why they're fans. I'm, I'm sure, you know. Major League Baseball, basketball, football are really no different whenever the, right. the Yankees come to town or the Steelers or whatever. But uh, it's the one time of the year that those people get to see the riders like that. And, and the, the pits are a little different than they are back here in the States. Mm-hmm. They're, they're uh, pretty much wide open. And, and, you know, if they're not wide open, they're giving out a heck of a lot of passes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, 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 uh, all the other riders kind of work in anonymity. You know, I, you could walk over and walk right into the Australia pits and sit down and talk to Chad or yeah. whatever. You, you could go to the KTM pits and literally talk to Stefan Everts or Ken Roxon or yeah. Jeff Hurlings or whatever. But I had a hard time getting in the Kawasaki pits sometimes because yeah. cause not because Jonathan Berrigan was there, <laughs> but because Ryan Villapoto was there. No, you know, it, it, was, it always strikes me because I'm, I'm sitting there uh, Sunday morning and people are just screaming. Uh, because Villapoto is getting ready to go out, and I mean they're just freaking out. It's like um, you know, like a rock star. And here we are, twenty nine races. We're like, hey Ryan, what's up? See you later. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. Of, I mean, yeah. you're 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 on, you're on a personal insult level with yeah. those guys. Yeah, so, exactly. And, and uh, but but um, but I but I do think that that you know it's a testament. They, they are respectful, though. Don't get me wrong. Right. I, I you know every now and then you get the the drunk guy, but man, I see more drunks in the stands at San Diego than I did at the destination. <laughs> right, right. I mean that honestly, I've seen some, some, you know, uh, you know, red bud in the parking lot or some of the, you know, it's no different. It, there's just more, it seems like. And I think it's because Europe is a smaller place and everyone's kind of, the cars are smaller, uh, you know, mm-hmm. under the Cowie tent, you don't have just Villapoto and maybe Weimar, but you have like guys from four countries, right. you know, because everyone's sort of pooling resources, and you add it all up, and it's it's definitely a different experience. But man, I I 
I love it. I love going over there. Mm-hmm. I love I love being a part of it. Uh, I'm I'm really happy when Team USA wins, and I I, I think that uh, uh, even when they lose, as long as they acquit themselves well, yeah. uh, and we've seen them do that, you know, it, it's 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 fun. It's uh, I remember Zolder when we lost as vividly as. Uh, yeah. Any other ways of uh, recent memory? I remember you were one of the only guys from the media there. Uh, the USA sort of enthusiasm had dampened so much that, like, you were there, and then there was the, the goofball warthog guy dressed up in a cape and a, and a big yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the, you know? the thing was though, that that I I don't think that that you know I I was I I've just been going with my buddy Jeff Cernick since yeah. since '93, but you know because of '9/11, because of Competition Park in 2002. Uh, because of um, you know everyone switching teams in '04 and deciding not to go, uh, the enthusiasm did go away for a while there. But it was Carmichael and Carmichael alone who I think put it back on the map because someone had to step up and say, "Follow me," and it couldn't be DeCoster every year. Right. And when when Ricky recommitted to it, and then you know not only you know uh, you know, just in '05 when he came back right. and yep. and won in Ernay. That was the tipping point, I think, for the event. And I think that the, the promoters and Ustream have worked really hard to, 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 to make the, the pageantry work, to make it uh, as, as over the top as they can. And mm-hmm. what's funny is that the, the one that's had the least enthusiasm since then, I think, was uh, Thunder Valley last year. Yeah. And, and simply, simply because I think the economy – you know, with certain things that, that we, we'd all been there and in the shoes on the other foot at that point, yeah. we've seen these guys 29 times. And, uh, you know, you're more interested in seeing how Roxon and Caroli will do than, than you know, yeah. Dungey and Kennard and Andrew Short. And so it, it didn't have the same vibe to it. I, I don't, you know, personally, I don't think that Ustream should bring it over here, but every maybe five years. But, you know, that said, I, I think, USA deserves to host it as, as often as possible. I just don't think every three years works. Well, that was my next question. Uh, you met with Mr. Luongo, putting you on the spot. Nobody listens to this thing anyways. Uh, when's it coming to the U.S. again? Any idea? What do you I, think? I, I hope uh, we, we absolutely did not discuss uh, that. Uh, I was there uh, to uh, hang out, and was Giuseppe was kind enough uh, to you know invite us to, to you know watch a little bit under mm-hmm. his tent and uh, – Bench race a little, and uh, we we didn't talk about that. But I I know that um, it'll be in Lommel in twelve and and uh, Germany. 13. I think Germany in thirteen, and yep. uh, we'll see in fourteen. There's a bunch of people from Latvia that are are, are hoping to get it in right. twenty fourteen. But that that's a nice round number to get it back to the states, and mm-hmm. and we'll see. I I, I think that uh, a lot of things can happen in the world between between now and then and yeah. and uh i i hope when it does come back that it's uh uh that, that we're still winning and that uh the 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 uh enthusiasm is really there uh all right before we wrap it up uh good summer uh happy uh i thought it was great i thought it was fantastic if you include the supercross series i, I gotta be the best racing since i've been on the circuit i really believe that um you know incredible drama filled year uh what are your thoughts 12 rounds how'd it go I, I, you know, I thought that the Supercross was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to have seen a couple guys last in a, a little longer, but uh, it was great. And I, I thought that uh, the the American Motocross Tour was really good. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're 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 working every day to get the 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 TV even better, the internet coverage even better. Uh, you know, Supercross sets a very high bar and a good bar for us to 
trying to achieve and keep up with them. And, you know, I, I, I think that the, the days, I'm very proud to say, I think the days of Supercross-only deals are just about done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the challenge whenever MX Sports, you know, took on the task of running the whole series was to, to make it as relevant, again, as it once was back in the day. And uh, with the help of TV, with the help of Ally Sports, and with the help of people like Kevin Windham and especially Chad Reed, who came back and rode again, mm-hmm. uh, I think that, that, that we've, we've done the first part of our job, uh, and now it's time to, to really, you know, really start making things happen. Uh, needless to say, it's been, it's been a, a tough time to be investing and reinvesting in anything, mm-hmm. but, uh, but we've done that. I am, I'm, I'm, uh, lucky enough with, uh, what's happened in my career as a publisher and, uh, and, uh, the other events that we have to, to be able to, to take some risks and, and, and they've, they've, I think they've got the series to where it is right now. And I think it's in the right direction. Cool. Right on. Well said. Uh, all right, man. Well, Hey, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. And, uh, and go team USA. Yeah. Hey, right on, Steve. And uh, you know what? I think that there will come a day when Canada will be back in it. Uh, <laughs> and at that point, feel free to take your Backstreet Boys beats yeah. right back north of the border uh, <laughs> and, and try and help the Canucks because uh, it didn't work out so they, good for they, me. They, yeah. they, they, need a, they, need a, they need a pop star. Yeah, they thank they you. need a pop star. Thank you. Well said. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Steve. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.